Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. It's so much more fun to overcome than to be overcome, to be overwhelmed. Uh, this world will try to put into you a victim mentality. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. And as a believer, you are not a victim. You're a victor. You, it, it is in your spiritual makeup, your spiritual DNA, if you would. Everyone that's born of God is an overcomer. Hallelujah. It's written. Everybody said out loud, I'm born of God. I'm born of God. I am, I am not, a victim, not a victim, but a victor. But a victor. I, am I am an overcomer, an overcomer. In, Christ. in Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, you are. Father, all of us agree to, together today as touching this, asking for what you know we most need right now for the utterance, the anointing, the quickening of your spirit, the leading and guiding of your spirit. Thank you so much for taking us to the right places and, and the right thoughts and to the right conclusions. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, but to be doers of your wonderful, holy, true, living word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Would you look please in the scriptures at, at Hebrews 3 again, and then also we're going to 1 Corinthians 10, uh, I think, uh, continuing our study of overcoming unbelief. In Hebrews 3 and 7, and uh, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation, he said, uh, the Holy Spirit says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. I was angry with them and said, their heart always turned away from me. They refused to do what I tell them. In verse 15, he said, remember what it says Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Uh, Said out loud, uh, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Go over to 1 Corinthians then, the, the 10th chapter. If there wasn't a possibility that your heart could be hardened, if there wasn't a danger that it could be, he certainly wouldn't be telling us this in the New Testament. So we want to be forewarned and forearmed 
and not make the mistake that these folks made. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1, he said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now this is talking about that first generation of Israelites, the seed of Abraham that had been in uh, slavery, been in Egyptian bondage for hundreds of years now by this time. But God brought them out through many signs and wonders. And uh, they were under the cloud and passed through the sea. That's the, the Red Sea. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And what he's, the Spirit of God is, is revealing and showing here is how that these things are beautiful pictures of a, <coughs> excuse me, reality of redemption in Christ. Uh, we see here in just a moment that it talks about examples. Excuse me. Needed a drink. Examples of unbelief and, and examples here of what baptism in Christ means now. He goes on to say that they drank out of that rock and that rock that accompanied them was Christ. Now, if you've read the Old Testament, we're going to look at it ourselves here in a bit. Moses uh, smoked the rock with the rod and the staff. Water came out. And everyone's thirst was, was quenched and met. This is a type of Christ. And every soul, every spirit is thirsty. And actually starving. Uh, dying of thirst without Christ. But look at it again. They did eat the same spiritual food. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Everybody say, that rock, that rock was, Christ. was Christ. Now Christ means the anointed one. Which also refers to the Messiah. The Redeemer. The Deliverer. And... Uh, they drank of that spiritual rock. The King James says it followed them, but actually the margin says the rock that went with them, the rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, what pleases God? Anybody remember that? Anytime that uh, you're wondering what the answer to a question is, look on the board right there. <laughs> And much of the time, that's going, to be the, <laughs> that's going to be the answer. So if, if it's impossible to please God without faith, then when he's displeased, you know that's what's going on. With many of them, God was not well pleased. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them. Verse 8, don't commit fornication as some of them. Verse 9, let us not tempt Christ 
as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Now, we saw that yesterday in that passage in Hebrews 3, that they tempted God. What does that mean to tempt God? It's impossible to tempt God to do something wrong. Or James says that God cannot be tempted with evil, and he doesn't tempt any, anybody. He doesn't tempt anybody to do wrong. And that's something to remember because there's some mixed up theology about some of these things. So what does it mean? Because it does say that, you know, from one point it said God tempted Abraham concerning offering up Isaac. And here it says they're tempting God. This word, we'd probably use the word uh, test. Testing God, trying, or trying to prove Him, testing Him. And uh, we're told, don't do that. In fact, referencing this specific situation that he's talking about, it said they tempted God and it angered God. And then Jesus quoted that actually when He was tempted of the enemy, for 40 days and nights, you remember when he, the enemy was pro, trying to provoke him to jump off the pinnacle of the temple, and Jesus said, um, uh, it's written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Everybody say that out loud. You shall not, you shall not tempt, tempt the, Lord your God. the Lord your God. Now, that you, you could also say, like I said, test, testing him. Testing him. And so he says, don't, don't try to test Christ. Don't try to test God. They wound up getting destroyed when they did that. That's a bad outcome. Verse 11, excuse me, verse 10, don't murmur as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. So verse, uh, verse after verse, what they did ended in destruction. That's why he's saying, don't do what they did. Why? They got destroyed. And then even ultimately, all those people wandering around out in the desert for 40 years, what happened to them? They were destroyed out there. They died young. They died wrong. They died robbed of what God had for them. And so, verse 11 says, now all these things happened to them for in samples, we'd say examples. And they're written for, for who? He's talking about Exodus. <laughs> right? Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Say it out loud. According to 1 Corinthians 10. According to 1 Corinthians 10. Exodus, Exodus is written for me. Hmm? Is that right or not? According to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10, he said these things happen for examples and they're written for whose admonition? Well, what if you never even read Exodus? <laughs> huh? Then you're, you're missing out on something you vitally need. And sadly, we've got a lot of uh, believers and church-going people, they never read the Old Testament. 
have never read it, have no interest in it, imagine that, well, that's for, you know, that was for Israel and that's for something. Well, no, 1 Corinthians 10 says it's for you. It's for you. Huh? Do you believe the New Testament? Well, then the New Testament says you better check out the old. Right? And he said, uh, it's written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He won't suffer you. He won't allow you to be tempted above that you're able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I want you to say this out loud. There is always a way out. <laughs> always. Now the devil, he's, he will always try to make you believe it is far worse than it actually is. That it is absolutely hopeless. No point in even trying. And that there is no answer. There is no solution. There is no way out. But he is a dirty liar. Huh? Say it out loud again. There's always, There's always a way out. What, what did he just get through saying? God will not, he won't allow. He won't permit it. He won't allow a situation in my life or your life that I can't overcome. Huh? No, now I may not see it. It may, it may look hopeless. It may look like there's no point, like it's all over and done. But if I believe this, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, but there's a way out. <laughs> As I know it, it's around here somewhere. <laughs> is that right? There is a way out. Why? Because it's written. 1 Corinthians 10. Hallelujah. 13. There's a way out. There's a way out of this. And not just a, a way to survive. There's a way to overcome. There's a way to win. Amen. There's a way to win. Amen. Somebody needs to say that. There's a way to win. There's a way for me to win. Today. In this. There's a way. There's a way. God's the way. He is the way. He has the way. He knows the way. He shows the way. But... Only those that have eyes to see will see it. And those that have ears to hear. Those with willing hearts and those that choose to believe. Go with me, if you would, back over to Exodus, the 16th chapter. And let's look at this. Uh, since 1 Corinthians tell, tells us that this was written for us, we're going to pay attention and go look at it today. Now, in our study of overcoming unbelief, we're taking one at a time the ten uh, incidents that are mentioned culminating in Numbers 14. Now, actually, they don't end there. They continue. There's at least another five incidents like this that continue after Numbers 14. But by that time, they've already lost the promised land. And they're wandering in the desert. But they still didn't change. And so we'll be looking at those two, I think. Anybody got time? You got time to do more faith school and 
we're talking about weeks and weeks beyond this. The Lord tarries is coming. That's what we're believing to do. And uh, we're looking now, though, at these first ten. And the first one was back over here in Exodus um, 14 that uh, at the Red Sea. That was the first one that they failed the test. And um, they yielded to fear and some other things. We talked about that. And then at the waters of Marah in the 15th chapter, we see that they, they murmured against God and against Moses and Aaron. And, and it, was a, it was a perfect opportunity to show some faith, trust in God, but they, they did not do it. Now, when I say perfect opportunity, uh, at one point, especially when you get over to Numbers 13 and 14, what happened at Kadesh Barnea with the 12 spies and all that, the Lord said, how long will it be before these people believe me? Now, this is God asking a question. <laughs> how long will it be? In other words, what would it take for them to decide to believe? Now, let's just stop right here. Why are we talking about this? Because the New Testament, Hebrews 3, 1 Corinthians 10 says, we better take heed, lest we wind up doing some, some of the same thing. So, what do you mean, Lord, how, how long would it be? Well, they saw ten signs and wonders in Egypt before they ever left. Is that right? That's how they got out. I mean, the, the river turning into blood, the, the frogs, the, the storms, the, the lice, the, the darkness... All of the, and, and the smiting of the firstborn. I mean, they saw things, they heard things that human beings had never seen, never heard on the planet. Not one, not two, not five, ten. And so now, as soon as they get out, they're in another tight spot at the Red Sea. They didn't choose to believe. They chose to wail and blame and, and fear. And, but God opened up the Red Sea. Nobody's ever heard of anything like this. Opened the Red Sea. Blew with the wind and parted the waters, pushed them up and froze them. And they all went over on dry ground. And then it collapsed back on Pharaoh and the Egyptian forces. And now... Their Egyptian problem is a problem no more. Right? And then they get to the waters of Marah, just, what was it, three days later? Is that what it was? And the water's bad. So they gripe again and they complain and they blame. And they, this was an opportunity to believe God. Can you see this? And, and the question that God asked, how long would it be? Before these people decide to believe me. How long? What, what would it take? And this is what many have not understood. People have thought, and you hear this unscriptural phrase, well, seeing is believing. Apparently not. <laughs> huh? Because they saw some stuff, brother. Did they see some things? 
seeing miracles will not give you faith. Class, are y'all listening? This is faith school. Right? The Bible did not say faith comes by seeing. It doesn't. You can see all kind of things. You can see signs and wonders nobody's ever seen before. And still be a stuck in the mud, negative soul, complaining, blaming, won't listen, won't believe. They proved it. Millions of them proved it. We're thinking there's, there's probably at least two million people out here. And that whole generation refused to change for decades until they all died out. Except for Joshua and <laughs> Caleb. Is that your kind of people? Yes. Huh? Everybody said out like Joshua, Joshua, Caleb. Caleb. That's my folks. That's my people. <laughs> that's, that's my people. <laughs> yeah. And you're also saying, I'm not going to die out in the desert. Right? I'm not going to miss God's good plan for my life. But you, you can hear... Uh, the, the question, and this is, this is not just a, a confused human asking this. This is the Almighty. This is God. What, what are you saying? It is completely illogical and unreasonable that they don't trust me yet. Right? If they say, well, if we could just see some evidence that God is real, what would it take? Yeah. Huh? If we could just see some evidence that God cared about us, nobody else could have got you out of Egyptian slavery. Huh? Who else would be talking about got you a promised land? Huh? Huh? What do you need? Uh, there is, the scripture talks about two different kinds of unbelief. Paul said he, got, he obtained mercy because he did what he did in persecuting the church ignorantly in unbelief. He thought he was doing something for God by persecuting the church. But as soon as he got saved and got enlightened, man, he was stronger the other way. Is that right? For the church than he ever was against the church. But then there's another kind, and we read about that in Hebrews 3 where it says they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. This is something else. This is not ignorance. This is not unbelief because you don't know. This is unpersuadable. Unpersuadable. And that is a choice that every human being makes. And it's a bent or an inclination that a person has chosen to yield to. And you'll find the scripture talks about the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. Now this is not the spirit of fear is not just a concept. It's not a definition. Uh, the spirit of fear involves actual spiritual forces and, a spirit, and spiritual law. And that affects 
everything about your persona, everything about your perspective. Well, by the opposite way, the spirit of faith is that way. He said, we having the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13. I believed, therefore I've spoken. We also believe, and so we speak. Hallelujah. Isn't that what Jesus was talking about? Mark eleven twenty three. If you believe in your heart, no doubt in your heart, but believe what you say comes to pass, you'll have what you say. Believing. And say, that's how you got born again. Right? You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall be. Not might be, not could be. Shall be. Shall be saved. We don't know who's watching today, but if you've never acted on that, you don't need to wait another moment in this dangerous, uncertain world. Say it right now with us. I believe in my heart that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, has raised Jesus from the dead. He died on the cross. He paid the full price. For all my sins, every mistake, every failure, and he has been raised from the dead. He is alive, King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, I receive you and all you have done for me. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Oh, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you for saving me. And you'll find that every believer has this, this faith, a measure of this God kind of faith. And if you won't suppress it, if you'll feed it, if you'll exercise it, use it, live in it, walk in it, it'll change your whole person. It'll change your outlook. It'll change your perspective. It'll change your reactions. Instead of being a negative soul, you'll be positive. Instead of being talking about death and failure, you'll talk about victory and life and overcoming. Instead of talking about what you don't have and can't do, you'll talk about what you do have and what you can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it is just night and day, life and death difference. Somebody said out loud, I am a believer. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't want the Lord looking at me going, how long will it be? What will it take before that boy starts trusting me? I've made the choice already. I am a believer. I'm quick to believe. Hallelujah. Quick to believe. Quick to listen. Quick to obey. And our times will begin today. We'll come back tomorrow. 
There's a whole lot more to see. Now that you've made the choice, let's advance in it. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702-7390.